You are listening to what we should have learned in school. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> hello, 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 you party people. You are listening to another delightful episode of what we should have learned in school. And I'm your host, Amy Leo. And today I want to get right into the meat and potatoes. So there's a really fantastic book out. It's called Exquisite Mind. It's by a gal named Terry Rubinstein. And it's about her real experience with crippling and devastating depression and anxiety and, and how she experienced genuine relief and healing from that after many, many years of truly, truly suffering. And so what I thought would be interesting is I'm going to read a review that is posted on Amazon of her book. And I want to address it because what this reviewer is saying is something I hear a lot. So I figured if this gal is saying it, if I've heard it before from clients and friends and family members, you may have a very similar question. So let's get to it. So this is the review that the person posts on Amazon about the book Exquisite Mind. The title is Great Novel, but with surplus ambitions. While I was going through part one of the book, I was surprised by the fluid and well-conceived text that seems a novel. Even if the story were all made up, it would be a magnificent read. Then, in part two, the author is centered in convincing the reader of the three principles' powers. She then returns to the novel, quote-unquote, in the last part of the book. I think it would be a remarkable book without the derails of part two. Personally, I do not contest the three principles. They look rather obvious, if I understood them correctly. But I do not understand how they are quote-unquote liberating. Understanding the nature of the mind and of thoughts does not help much in changing the content of those same thoughts, I suppose. Doctors understand diseases, but they also get sick, exclamation mark. Anyway, the book is well worthy to be read, and I can say it is one of the best ones I came across in recent times. This is so common for me to hear that when someone comes across this conversation and it's labeled and packaged as the three principles, quote unquote, people will say, okay, what are these three principles? You tell them and it's kind of like, <laughs> you can hear crickets. <laughs> it's like, they're like, wow, like, what's the big deal? This seems like common sense. So what, what, you know, again, this is so common. What's the big deal? But, you know, if you don't have an insight into the implications of the principles, of what it actually means for your life, that we are living in a world of thought from the cradle to the grave, and we all each experience our own realities via thought and consciousness. I mean, yeah, that sounds obvious intellectually. But when that is an embodied understanding, it's a game changer because this is not how we typically refer to our experience as human beings. We describe ourselves with labels that we are our thoughts. I am a perfectionist. I am depressed. I am this. I am not that. So if 
you aren't shaking your head in disbelief or awe or laughing, you know, proclaiming, oh my effing goodness. <laughs> when you come across this conversation, I invite you to just keep inquiring. Stay in this conversation. Wait until more of the popcorn kernels of your own understanding start to pop, where this moves from being just a really good idea, a good self-help theory like everything else you've ever read, and until it becomes an actual, oh my goodness, oh my God, I can't believe I never saw this before kind of moment. Understanding how something works absolutely makes a tangible difference. And yes, as the reviewer states, understanding thought, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden we can play God and we can control our thoughts and emotions. Yeah, she she or he is on with that. But with understanding, we can relate to thought better. When you understand something at a different level, you know, that's like, (laughs) this is a silly example, but when you realize, like I live in different countries where I don't always understand what sign is on the door. Now, if I think the door should be pushed, but it's really a pull door, I will keep pushing against that door until the cows come home, until it occurs to me to pull. And that is, is a silly example again, but that can be how simple it is to experience yourself in the world around you in a really different way, right? Again, Better understanding, once you understand something, once you realize it's really a pull door, not a push, you can't go back to thinking it's a push door. Just like once you see this deeply, you can't go back to engaging in or believing in for very long periods of time how the rest of the world makes it seem that the world works. Right? You, you, you can't keep blaming other people You can't keep blaming circumstance. You can't even keep blaming yourself. With greater understanding, you can save yourself a lot of hassle, a lot of time and effort, basically. Because you see that you don't need to will yourself into stopping certain thinking patterns. You don't have to hate yourself for doing certain things. With perspective... Any human being can better discern which actions are helpful in that given situation and which actions are actually unhelpful, which actions may actually make whatever we're thinking and feeling worse. So just as we know not to drink spoiled milk or eat moldy spaghetti that it's maybe stayed in the refrigerator too long, we, we now know what flavors of thinking to chew on and digest, i.e. to take on as real, or, or which flavors of thinking to just kind of discard, throw away, wait till something new comes. And this is related to the gal's comment about, well, just because doctors know about disease doesn't prevent them from getting sick. Yes and no. I mean, just as scientific and medical advancements have prompted both doctors and lay people alike, to take actions that make the likelihood of him or her getting sick much less through vaccinations, through washing hands, through eating certain foods over others, all of those things do make a difference in the likelihood that we will experience illness or the likelihood that we'll heal quicker. So if I could put like a little bow tie on today's episode, what makes this 
person's comment so beautiful is that it shows how powerful the intuitive feeling is behind the work that we call the three principles. And there are a handful of other conversations out there that talk about being human from a much more fundamental place. So if you don't like labels, if you don't like self-help, if you don't like groups of people that share the same philosophy, then go out and investigate these different methodologies yourself and, and make it your own. Take what resonates, take what's true from each thing, and you can discard what is concept. That way you can have more freedom in your own life. That is the really cool part of this, for lack of a better word. The reviewer can feel the power, the, the realness, the practical inspiration that Terry's personal story demonstrates, even though the reviewer's intellect is coming up with criticism. In the end, when Terry is explaining the principles, quote unquote, in part two, it actually isn't a diversion. Because the principles, whether you articulate them as principles or not, they are what allowed Terry to have her depressive experience, her illness, her anxiety, her healing, her insights, and then be able to share that with others. The principles are what are behind the reviewer having her own interpretation of this book. The principles are what are behind my interpretation and my response to the reviewer's comment. The principles are behind what allows you to even hear what I'm saying to you right now. They are fundamental to what converts sound waves into electrical impulses that are then interpreted by your brain. So whether we call them the three principles or not, it doesn't really matter. I don't care about that. <laughs> you can tell me that you think three principles is a load of crap, but get curious. Explore that, that maybe there are fundamental entities at work in our lives that we can rely on. That there's things about being human, things about life that are universal that are constant and reliable, and that are predictive, that have no exceptions. Can you find these in your own life? That's all I have for today. Enjoy your weekend. I will speak to you again next week. Again, my name is Amy Leo. You can learn more about me at amyleo.com. Until next time, stay curious. Take care of yourself and keep rocking.